I'm seeing so I've been sick for 10 years, really sick, can barely work, you know, still in the home. And I am a big proponent of moving for the most part, whether you're renting or owning, because the, the, the possibility of you doing it so well that you can go back and live there safely, I don't think it's very high. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com, but for now, here is today's episode. What is going on, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. And we're talking to Bridget Danner. She was actually a guest on one of our Instagram lives, and I did extract the audio from there to put it on this show, so I apologize in advance. We do have some decrease in audio quality today. It's going to be pretty obvious once it starts. The good news is it's nothing where it's like super in and out. There's one blip of that in the very beginning lasts a second then it's over and nothing like super high pitched or super low pitched it basically just sounds like Bridget and I recorded a phone call as opposed to an actual podcast so for me I, I don't really mind that stuff I feel like you guys are in a similar boat because I've done this before and we've never had one person comment back negatively with it but if it does bother you let us know it's not something that we do every week or even every month but if someone comes on our Instagram and shares information that I really believe would be valuable on the podcast it's always something that ideally I would love to take out of there and then put onto here so that we don't have to steal a whole nother hour of the person's time, right? Because we're never going to be able to schedule it back to back. You're going to have to schedule it on a whole different day. And uh, some people like Bridget, they're pretty busy. They're working with a lot of clients. So it's very nice when they come on and even help us out and just share information with our audience for free. If you like this episode, though, something to keep in mind is if you're not already following us on Instagram, I would definitely recommend that. It is at FDN training on Instagram. That's at FDN training. And when you go to FDN training, you'll notice that we have other lives that, again, never made it to the podcast, but there's great content. They are basically evergreened in terms of Instagram. <laughs> so they're saved there for as long as we can imagine using Instagram. And you can go back and watch them at any time. We also have additional talks that Reed has done, uh, even myself has done at conferences for FDN. So there's a bunch of content there that would never make it to the podcast and vice versa. So if you guys want to check that out, again, one last time, FDN training on Instagram. But for today, we will get to our very good episode that just happens to sound like it was recorded on a phone call. <laughs> We're going to be talking all about toxic mold. It's not really something that's come up a lot on this podcast as a full episode. We have had guests that touched on it in part, but it's kind of cool that this is the main focus of the entire episode because I still have a ton to learn about this. I think it's, it's one of those things that, in my opinion, is conceptually similar to EMFs where it's like everywhere. It's everywhere, so sometimes the stress of it 
can probably be worse than the actual exposure itself. And I'm not saying that so literally. Clearly, if you're sleeping next to black mold, that would probably be worse than the stress of thinking about it. Um, and also, if you live next to a cell tower, that would probably be worse than the stress of thinking about EMFs. But it's a it's a seesaw, right? It's a little balancing act that we have to do between the stress of knowing that this is everywhere versus also being aware because it is a real threat and how can we act on it when we are dealing with it. Without further ado, let us get to today's episode. Hello, my friends. Long time no see. It's your buddy, Evan Transu, a.k.a. Detective Ev. We are inviting in the one and only Bridget Danner today, and this is going to be a good one. We are talking about... We don't always just stay on the main topic, do we? All right, but I'm excited to see you guys. She'll be joining with us in just a second. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about toxic mold. And look at this. We have Bridget already <laughs> joining us. Hello, Bridget. Hi, let me get my camera turned around here. That's my outdoors. <laughs> Let's see. Here we go. Hey, how are you? Hi, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. This is exciting. Uh, this is a topic that I have plenty to learn about. If you're just tuning in, uh, we'll be talking about toxic mold, but also a lot of other stuff. I'm, I'm very fascinated by pretty much anyone in this space, so I'll have quite a few questions for you. Uh, but yeah, I'm in, I just appreciate you coming on because this is a topic even for me. I, I always feel, you know how there's like this little subsections in the functional health space? I feel like this is one that I have a lot of ignorance around and there are plenty of people who take this super seriously and specialize in it. And I just want to make sure that I can at least have some skin in the game here. I know what we're talking about. So I feel like <laughs> you're the person to do it with. If you don't mind, um, I do the podcast for us for the Health Detective Podcast with uh, Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. And I always like to start the questions out the same way there. And I will do that here today. Uh, my first question really is just, how did you get into this space? Um, and what I mean by that is like, were there certain health symptoms or issues that you were dealing with before you ever got into the world of like natural medicine or did your passion come from a different thing? Uh, a different thing. I was young and healthy at the time, but I was like an environmentalist from a really young age. I, don't, I just sort of was. Uh, I was just always very concerned about animal welfare and the whole and the ozone layer so i was just sort of attracted to the natural part of natural medicine okay. very cool i asked that because yeah i couldn't i didn't know if you had a particular story yourself with this a lot of people do uh but interestingly that's at least somewhat similar to reed davis the founder of fdn he was in environmental law before he got into this um he did not have any health issues thankfully he's like i, I literally went to a doctor you know, every now and then. And, but he's made that connection between the things going on with like the environment and then stuff in like, he's like, I basically think he said, if this is affecting the environment, what we're doing, what's happening to the humans, <laughs> right? Like what's going on with us? Um, so when did you decide though, that you were going to like go to school for this? Because I see that you're an acupuncturist. I mean, that that's a fairly big commitment to do something like that. Yeah, you know, at the time when I was sort of researching, getting into the world of natural medicine, I don't know. There was a lot less out there to like learn about and choose from. Like I literally was like picking my acupuncture school out of like some kind of like library catalog book. Like there was not like <laughs> the internet was still like early days, like functional medicine, nothing. No one's talking about it. I hadn't heard of naturopathic medicine either. Okay. So I kind of just, um, you know, I was into herbalism and, cooking and so I just thought you know this looks this is cool and interesting and like most of us like I just kept adding tools and I, I really added the tool of functional medicine because of my own 
mystery illness as I was like a practicing acupuncturist, not knowing I was living in a moldy home. So I took a lot of steps. I took the FDN course. Uh, I was doing pretty good on some of the FDN protocols. It was also summer though. And as soon as like fall hit and it got very wet, I really like hit a new low with my health. And that's a little few months after that, I found out about the mold. Got it. Okay, so that that was the part I was missing. I didn't actually realize that you experienced this yourself. So that's not this is even more interesting then because one of the things that I've wondered, and again, I'm coming from a place of admittedly a, a fair amount of ignorance when it comes to the mold topic, because it's pretty complex. I've always kind of wondered, is it that people are kind of already sick and then you know mold becomes one of these variables or are there really healthy people that are just getting affected by mold and the reason that i wondered that is because and this is anecdotal but my aunt and uncle uh, they were doing an addition on their home or they were redoing part of the addition on their home a few years ago and when they ripped up the walls there was black mold in their living room so my little cousin hangs in there uh, they both hang in there and all three of them are healthy as can be and it was i mean it was pretty gross it was spread all throughout it so they must have been getting exposed to at least some degree uh, pretty regularly and they seem to be fine um so it's kind of weird how that can affect people differently and we'll talk about that later i guess but what what finally led you to realizing it, it was mold? Because you're obviously a very well-versed person in this stuff, but was that like your first thought that it must be mold in the home? No, it was pretty much my last thought. <laughs> and I think it often is, you know, which is why you can be in the home for a long time, potentially without like having a big crisis. <laughs> but I would, I would wonder, you know, if the example you gave, were they in perfect health sure. or, you know, what is going on with their gut or their rest, you know, so things, it, you know, your, your immune system, your body is trying to deal with it uh, as best it can. And you're right that like some people are coming into it with more of a background of, you know, other bodily stresses, genetics, age. However, there are definitely perfectly healthy people <laughs> who move into a moldy home and get perfectly sick. So there's sort of all sorts of examples. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I answered the yeah. question or not. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well you did and more. And and that makes sense because that's a worthy point of going towards because it's like, all right, yes, my aunt and uncle look fine right now, but for all we know, you know, their body actually we have a comment here seem to be fine that's interesting they may have things happening that are un yeah all right so unseen or unfelt and no that's a good point because it's not like my aunt and uncle are super into health either so they might not even recognize certain things that right. could be going on or they might have been getting yeah. close to it um the other thing is too i've always acknowledged my own bias with the idea that oh well is it only sick people that are getting into the mold stuff well, what I really think it is, is that people that are already aware of their health issues from a holistic standpoint happen to be aware of mold because the average person does not realize that this is an issue at all. You know, like they'll be like, okay, they would never think twice about mold in their home, I don't think. So when you finally, uh, well, how did you finally realize, I guess I should say, that it was yeah. mold? Because you said it was the last thing, but how did you actually realize it? So I was going to a naturopathic college and getting IV therapy. I had already done like a another round of cleansing like a you know like a 30-day cleanse kit um well I first of all I had gotten like really sick I had strep throat I didn't recover from it I had just now we can look at this started working exclusively from home uh also so just you know a few months prior 
Um, but I never thought about it being my home until I was at this natural body college getting all these IVs and I was like, nothing you're doing is helping. Um, can you please like test me for other things? So they did test me for some autoimmunity and other things, but they asked me what's changed in your home. So such a huge question that I just, you know, despite the fact that I had heard a little bit about toxic mold, but this was still some time ago and it wasn't talked about as much. Um, I just had never considered, I did, I had switched over my whole home for like non-toxic cleaning products and stuff in my journey. But again, just never thought about mold, you know, most mold is not seen by the way, like 90% of it, uh, probably at least. So it's not like, oh, we're looking around, you know, it's mold in our home or anything like that. So them asking that question prompted a conversation in our home. We ended up getting a mold inspector who found lots of problems. And then, you know, as we started ripping up the house, we really saw the problems like your aunt and uncle. Um, and then I made a bunch of mistakes in that process. I got a lot sicker. So I definitely like learned from, you know, trial and error, making errors. Um, so that's kind of, why like I'm trying to come back and like like okay here's here's just some things to think about as you go through it yourself cool so when we're trying to like define this here because this might be a good place to to start what is toxic mold because again I'm coming from this more ignorant perspective so there's mold that grows on foods uh there's molds that are mold spores that are in the air and nature every time I walk in the woods so when we're talking about a toxic mold what does this mean yeah, there's actually only about a dozen toxic molds. A lot of this is like thousands and thousands of other molds. So these, you know, any like huge load of mold, right? You like, you don't want to put your face on like a moldy orange or whatever. Like any load of mold isn't great for you, uh, even in your home. But these toxic molds, it's basically as the molds are like growing and going through their life cycles or protecting themselves, they're giving, they're like emitting these things called mycotoxins, which is like a toxin that comes from a mold. And those affect all, all us mammals, uh, in a lot of different ways. So it includes your, like your pets, includes livestock, um, cause there, that was a lot, a lot of where the research was done because they were eating moldy feeds and developing reproductive problems and illnesses. So that was, you know, that's a big industry. So that's where a lot of the earlier research was done. Um, you know, these mycotoxins can travel anywhere they want, literally in your body. They're often inhaled basically right up into your brain. But they can cross those barriers. They can break down the blood-brain barrier. They can enter basically any cell, enter your mitochondria, and they're toxic. They're just disrupting everything. So... That's another reason it can be hard to identify, is it mold? Because, like, for me, some of my earlier symptoms were, like, chronic back pain, irregular periods, anxiety, a little insomnia, a little digestive stuff. And guess what everybody would tell me when I would go in to, to ask about it? I'll give you a guess. Well, it's, I don't know what they would tell you. I'm thinking. I, I'm almost thinking from the perspective of like as a practitioner, what would I say if someone would come in something like that? I wouldn't guess because I'm an FDN, right? So we right. Approach, but I, I would not say mold. That is for sure. That would be yeah. on my list. I would say most people told me stress. 
Oh, okay. Oh, sure. That's what most people told me, even though I was working literally my ass off to get better, you know, and that was something that, you know, I, I, I say I'm also crusading for now. If you can figure out your client's case and you just tell them they're stressed, it's some very lazy work. Uh, and I'm sure that you would not be doing that kind of work. Like we're all stressed, right, in modern life. So, um, you know, if you are really trying to tackle your symptoms and, you know, it's not working. And, you know, I went through FCM course too. It's amazing. Like say, you know, you're trying to balance your arms, you're trying to fix your gut. And it's just like, it's, it's not working. It's not getting through. Like this can often be mold because it's just in the background causing this inflammation, like literally breathing, interacting with, you know, most of the day. Uh, so you just really can't get better so I think it's you know often connected to these chronic cases okay knowing what you know now um would you or do you test like right from the beginning with people with chronic illness because obviously it's it's great if someone's even willing to acknowledge this at any point it sounds like because again so many of these people unfortunately would get dismissed and, and that's funny it's we live in a bubble because, of course, yeah, we would never say just stress to someone. Right. Or at the very least, we'd be so careful <laughs> with getting to that point of saying that. Uh, but sometimes I guess it could be, but that's not where we would ever start. But yeah, you're right. The rest of the world, they're going to tell, especially someone with those symptoms, oh, yeah, you're just stressed, chill out a little bit, and you'll be fine. Um, but knowing what you know now, is there a way to catch the mold stuff earlier so that people don't have to go through the ringer with like, different practitioners and different protocols before they finally realize, oh yeah, none of that worked entirely. So now I got to go do this whole other thing with the mold. Yeah. I mean, luckily a lot of functional practitioners are looking for mold now and have access to those tests. Uh, you can get tested yourself. Most companies you have to do it through a practitioner, but I think real time labs, you can get a, a body test directly from them. Mm -hmm. Um, you can do some home dust testing or plate testing by yourself. Uh, you know, we sell it with a consultation because uh, interpretation, even though it looks like simple results, can be wildly, like, misinterpreted um, through our emotions <laughs> as we see the test results. So, yeah, luckily, the urine testing uh, is pretty straightforward now, which is fantastic. You know, I'm in a very unique place where – people are pretty much coming to us already knowing they have mold or they're on the cusp of it. So people sort of say, well, how are you convincing people mold is real? I'm like, by the time they've come to us, like they, they, you know, they, they get it. Um, and, you know, most of our tests are positive. I think there's, you know, a range. And then there's just like with FDN, like by the time your immune system has been affected probably for years, by mold and other systems have been dysregulated. There's other things going on as well. So, you know, we try to phase in different testing according to the person's budget. Um, so, you know, it's really rebuilding all systems um, when we're doing our repair work. Okay, so would you, I guess a better way to word this, then, would you recommend okay. that practitioners with chronic like, let's say I have someone coming exactly like you, because a lot of our practitioners do work with people like you with those exact symptoms. Is it a big enough problem that people really should be including this in maybe some like preliminary work? Or is that not always the thing that should be done right from the get go? I, I would say if, if it's a client coming to you, and not only do they have this, you know, spectrum of symptoms, 
but they've also tried a lot already and tested a lot already. 100%. Yes. Yeah. You know, if this is like your first time they've seen you and they're like, oh, I'm a little this off, like, yeah, do the basics first, do foundations first. Fair enough. I think that's an objective approach with this. And then when it comes to uh, dealing with the house stuff, I feel like this is, I, I could be wrong, but at least 50% of the battle, if not more. How do you approach that with a client or, or what can they do? Because from my understanding, uh, understanding the remediation is really expensive. And I mean, I guess you could move, but especially if you're in, a house where you have a family that's not always the most practical thing so is this one of those things where you just you got to do what you got to do and maybe spend a lot of money or are there other ways to get around this a little better like if you do discover it in your house you know i get this question a lot and like i think there are maybe some scenarios where you know you've had a new water damage that you're dealing with and nobody's really sick and it could be a small problem so to speak Usually that's not, again, what I'm seeing. I'm seeing someone's been sick for 10 years, really sick, can barely work, you know, still in the home. And I am a big proponent of moving for the most part, whether you're renting or owning, because the, the, the possibility of you doing it so well that you can go back and live there safely, I don't think it's very high. And that gets really expensive, really expensive. So, um, you know, you do have to disclose if you, if you have mold and you're an owner or, you know, repair, there's different ways to handle it. Um, but yeah, I mean, my family remediated and moved and lost all our stuff. Uh, so I don't say it like lightly. I had to go through it too, but I find I, maybe it's just, you know, it's either human nature or the fact that our brains have turned to mush, but people don't want to move. It's like again and again and again, I'm having to deal with that. And it's, it's just interesting. So, uh, I just, you know, I have to give like a loving push, uh, honestly, because it's really made a huge difference in my case. And again, I've seen so many cases. So, uh, again, it depends, but please, I would just say don't be like attached to something that's making you sick, frankly. And fair enough. I mean, yeah, I was just wondering, like, is that really just the answer? You kind of have to do what you got to do sometimes. I did yeah. not know that you had to disclose that. That makes sense. I'm kind of glad that that's there, right? I don't want to uh, believe that people could just toss this off. But you're also so right about how there is such a, a lack of seriousness or effectiveness with the remediation even sometimes because my, my business partner and I, we were looking at places to rent uh, for a local business that we have. And you won't even believe this. So maybe you will because you work in the space. Some of the listeners might not believe this. I walked in and I was checking the place out by myself with the realtor at the time. And there was mold on the wall, visible, because this place hadn't been used in a while. So I pointed that out. Now, I'm no mold expert, but I'm like, that looked a little funky. I could see that. And he said, oh, yeah, well, they'll put something over that and you guys will be good to go, of course, before you come in. So he didn't even talk about the idea of, like, actually getting rid of this. He was suggesting that they were going to, like, I guess, seal it up or something. And I was like, yeah, I think we'll look at a different place. Thanks. Um, and right. and uh, my new freaking out thing has been, we, but not freaking out in the sense of actually being stressed about it, but just being, trying to be conscious of it. We're in a different place now. We had already been running there. We've been in business for like a year. And there was a leak the one day coming into the ceiling from like the second floor. And so I had these guys come in and all they did was like, because we have the contractors on site, all they did was like replace the panels for us and stuff. And I never know what to do because I feel like 
an idiot because on one end I know about this stuff, but I'm like, what can I do if they don't take this this seriously in the moment? Um, thankfully, no one has symptoms at the business. My girlfriend works there all the time. She feels good. She's going through FDN. Um, I feel good. Clients feel good. But I like I know this. It's almost like I wish I didn't because it's not doing anything yet. But at the same time, could I be proactive with this? So this is a real problem, though, is my point. I don't necessarily have a question there. I'm just saying this is a real problem in terms of like even when mold is recognized, people aren't handling it properly. No, I mean the construction industry right now, and landlords, and you know, it's it's a mess. It you know, it's kind of all about money and mm -hmm. speed. And um, you know, I have a friend who has co-founded um, a nonprofit about mold advocacy, and that's basically their mission is to first go like state by state and then hopefully nationally to have certain standards for how things are handled because you actually should not just paint over mold but that's it's very common it's a very common solution and people don't even think there's anything wrong with that um, and then there's like big employers who you know uh, their employees are really sick and you know they've run they've run their own mold tests and so then the company runs the test and they say oh there's nothing here and i mean it's just insane and so i just as a practitioner i'm like basically like please don't deal with that like go go take care of yourself but i'm really glad that some people are working on this advocacy level because the point is like you know right now we have very strict guidelines for things like lead and asbestos and that's just we all know that what is for mold nothing so if mold could be like those two <laughs> it would be a very different conversation in your rights as a renter would be different great point and yet and that's the thing that it's genuine because there's the money aspect and then there's genuine ignorance because yeah. you just talked about that's not the way to handle it it's not like this realtor was hiding this from me that that's the worst part he didn't say oh, this is what we're going to do like, right like, there bro whoa <laughs> I, i'm not on board with that at all and i'm like i can sit here and lecture him or we can just look at the next unit because this i wasn't gonna do that yeah. and so this must be happening all the time and then that kind of leads me to the next point that i had if this is happening all the time and perhaps not even always getting uh treated effectively if let's take the circumstances i'm sure this does come up more often than i realize you, the family's living in a home. This is a, a childhood home or something. And they realize, wow, this is bad. And they've accepted that they have to move. If, how, how can you truly prevent? And I don't mean this in such a pessimistic way. I'm just, I'm really trying to dig into this here. How can I go into a next house truly knowing that it doesn't have mold? Because I know that they have to disclose it if they know, but there's plenty of places that probably don't even know. And I mean, it's not like we're talking about someone you know, buying the wrong supplement and, oh, sorry, you had to get another one the next day. Like, we're, we're talking about shifting their entire lives. Is there anything that you recommend to clients when they are moving that they can do to really help actually understand or know for a fact that there is not mold in this next house that they're going into? Yeah, I mean, being 100% factual, if you only have a short period of time, might be a little tricky. But there's a lot you can do that is fairly helpful. So, like, you saw mold. You could also look for any kind of water staining. So any kind of brown line on the ceiling, white crusty line on the ground, any like little black stuff on the floorboard or the sink or around the bathtub, uh, you know, look under the sink and see if that piece of wood there is all damaged and ask what happened. Which generally ask what happens, you know, has there been water damage? Has there been mold? Um, like, do you clean the gutters? You can look for things like, um, you know, like, I forget the word for this but it, the grading like of the 
the ground around the house should be away from the house, right? Is there a crawl space? Crawl spaces are notorious and moldy. Is there a basement? How does it smell? So you use like your five senses first, right? Is it, is it, is it moist? Do you see anything? Can you touch anything? Can you smell anything? If you're, if you're sensitive to mold, sometimes just being in any place, if it's strong enough, will get you to react. So, yeah, there's some things you can do. You know, how old is the roof for, for is another, especially if you're buying a, is it well maintained? You know, when the market went so crazy for a while there, no one was even getting inspections. They were just like taking a house as is. You have no idea the cost it could be involved in, you know, refurbishing that house. So, um, there are some things you can do and, you know, you can even have sometimes conversations to, um, especially if the market is softer, which I think is getting softer again. If you want to like run a test and like FedEx it, you could potentially do that in your review period. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Or get an inspector to come out who's really savvy about mold. Again, like not all of them are, right? Just like the contractors aren't. When the industry is growing, there are more. There's like a holistic realtor I interviewed. There's like a mold lawyer. You know, it is growing. You may not find them like right next door, but <laughs> it's slowly growing, right? So if you do have a, um, I think somebody was just telling me there's an agent in Tucson, I'm in Arizona, who specializes in like finding homes for people who have chronic illness. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. We, have, we have an audience question here, uh, Bridget. And I actually, I should have invited you guys to do that. You're more than welcome to ask any questions while we have raw. This is great. Um, someone asked, can you discuss mold and how it affects EMF sensitivity? Yeah, it's mostly the other way around that, like, EMF affects mold growth and, like, like activity of mold. It, like, stresses mold in your environment. Hmm. So, and then mold often you know, being like having mold infection and often makes your blood brain barrier more permeable. So molding people seem to be more sensitive to EMF and then mold sort of activates in the presence of EMF and Wi-Fi. So, you know, I'm sure you guys probably have had other guests talk about, you know, ideally really minimize your Wi-Fi and EMF, especially if you find you're sensitive, but they do seem to have like a symbiotic, uh, reaction, or maybe that's not the right word, but they, yeah, they definitely react with each other. Um, yeah. I hope that answered her question. Yeah, no, that was a, that was a great question. Thank you for um, asking. And again, anyone else can ask anything they have. I wouldn't even have wouldn't even have thought about the connection between those two things. One of the things that I wanted to know too with the symptoms, because you had, uh, unfortunately for you, symptoms that are, are quite common in our space. Like everyone, you know, kind of has. Um, you know, some anxiety. I've never had a client that was a female that did not have some issue with her cycle, right? Because I, I, I've only really worked with women under the age of 40. So they all have a cycle, but it's messed up in some ways. Are there any symptoms at all that might be unique to the mold thing that people can look out for? Or is it kind of just anything goes? Well, those are sort of my early symptoms. So, and I think I was healthier than I appeared because I was being like religious about my routine you know there heaven forbid you bring like a processed food into my home like kind of a lifestyle um so i think that did kind of keep me going then when i sort of hit my crash um it just like a deep fatigue uh that wasn't responding to anything um needing a lot of sleep and then for me like when we started ripping up our house 
uh, neurological stuff got a lot worse, like my eyelids being twitching all the time, uh, losing things, really poor recall. Like, my brain was so fried right then. Like, I couldn't remember a thought that I just had. And I'd have to, like, stop and, like, like try, like, ten more times and be like, oh, yeah, that was it. Just simple stuff. Like, if I'd open a tab on the Internet, I'd be like, what was I looking for? What was I looking for? What was I looking And I was like, I, it, and I think you're so, you kind of lose self-awareness. Like, that's not normal. And I just, like, still went about my work life just like that. So I think over time, and I guess everybody's timeline is different, uh, things can get definitely more severe. So, yeah, a little bit of, like, menstrual stuff and digestive stuff, you're right, is, like, pretty common. But it can definitely start going into the severe category. And then I would say, like I said earlier, like, you're just not responding, right? Like to, to the other things that you're trying. Those those things to me are like signs that something else is going on. Got it. I, I can't even think about how many times, like it almost, I, I'm glad to be learning about this more today because I think about how many times even myself as a practitioner, like I hope I didn't, you know, miss a piece of the puzzle with someone because I didn't really inspect or not literally inspect, but I didn't check out like, where do they live? Like, what is it like? Um, when you finally realize that, okay, yeah, there's mold in someone's body, what the heck is the process of getting that out? Is that something that, like, I've always wondered this, would this naturally, like, let's say you moved, right? And you moved, somehow we knew it's 100% mold-free home, you definitely got out. Would the mold in your body, and the mycotoxins specifically, would they eventually go away? I mean, I'm not saying that you don't want to help them along, but would they eventually just go away? Or are you almost always going to have to have some intervention there to get this out fully? You know, they can maybe go away, but it's definitely not guaranteed. And when I, I first started, <laughs> no, yeah, when I first started doing this work, like people would have a positive test or symptoms would be like, oh, it's from something I lived in some years back. And I was like, what? And now I 100% like see that uh, as being more common. So I think you can potentially, you better be like pooping, exercising, eating real food, you know, if you're doing a lot of good foundations and you've moved out, you may. Um, but for me, you know, I was already doing all those things, but I was in the molding hall in like eight years. So even, you know, moving out, doing all the foundations, I really still need to support my body in a lot of ways. So antioxidants, binders, glutathione, lots of fish oil, you know, um, really care, still had to be really careful with my diet, things like cheese or alcohol or sugar. Uh, I still need a lot of rest. I really, if I look back, I wish I had given myself more hormone support, um, like hormone replacement earlier on, because I think it would have made me feel more like energy and better to like the things I was still having to go through. Um, but yeah, I still, you know, I still had like infections that I was dealing with and it took a long time, you know, so it, it's a, actually a perfect thing for FDN because, you know, it's, it's really like looking at so many different systems. So you could almost like to kind of take a lot of the premises of FDN and just then add some premises about detox, like doing sauna, doing dry brushing, yeah. doing binders um it's that's kind of what it is in a that, nutshell very cool that that was the irony about where the leak was it was in our infrared sauna room so i'm like 
Okay, I don't know if that's a perfect one-to-one -one equation, but if it's going to happen in any room, I thank God it's in that one. Um, if, if someone is in a situation, actually like myself, um, I don't know that we have mold. Uh, I mean, it, it could be happening. The panels were pretty much removed immediately, and so hopefully uh, something positive happened there. But let's say there is mold in our business, and we just started last year. We're, we're in a lease. Uh, the contractors aren't going to do anything about it. Or more likely, I would imagine, is someone is in that home. They are totally on board with you. They're like, Reggie, yeah, we will move. We physically just do not have the money to do this right now. Is, is there anything that can be done in the home? Can, can windows be open? Can filters, air filters, that is, uh, be bought? Or is that just not even going to cut it when it comes to the mold thing? I, I never knew if that stuff like really helped. Yeah, I think there's different opinions on this. Like the coach who works for me, um, has some protocols to make a safe room that you basically, I think you could sleep in, but some different like botanicals. And I don't even know the whole procedure for the safe room. Um, you know, I'm less of a fan of that kind of thing. If you are, say you're, you know, you, you do have a new rental and you bought a date. Yeah. Opening windows, running diffusers. I would not buy an air filter because the motor will become contaminated. You cannot use it again. That's a really common one. Yeah. Do not spend a thousand dollars on it. Um, you know, I had a client who was very, very sick, you know, disabled rash all over her body. She's like, Oh, well, we have a piece of land. We're going to build a house. It'll take two years. So I'm like, like, okay, let's try to think about what we can do. She had a screen and porch. I'm like, I want you to basically like live in that until you, you know, think of another solution. Uh, so I don't, I don't mess around. <laughs> I mean, they can ultimately do what they want to do, but I just know you will not get better in that space. And sometimes it takes like some creative thinking. Well, and I'd rather, I, I actually really appreciate how you approach this stuff is you're super kind about it, but you're like, this is what it is. I'd rather someone that's straight up than, you know, a lot of practitioners, and I think it happens because of the resistance of certain clients to do certain things. You know, they'll take on the client that's resistant and then they'll start molding to, no pun intended. That was really lame, <laughs> sorry. They'll start shaping themselves and their protocols to the client themselves, but you're really doing the client a disservice by, okay, well, Mr. And Mrs. So-and-so, you don't want to do this, so yeah, we can do that instead. And yeah, it's only 70% is good. You'll never really get better, but hey, uh, we can do that. No, I'd rather have someone that gets on here and is like, this is what it is. This is how it needs to be handled. Um, but I also appreciate the recognition of, of just being realistic because it's one thing when we're asking someone, all right, can you remove gluten from the diet? Virtually everyone can do that if they chose to, regardless of how much money they do or don't make, but it's a choice. The house thing, yeah, that's pretty freaking big. I mean, that, that's a huge thing for a lot of people, especially maybe they're in a house, now, well, now they know the mold thing, maybe that depreciated in value. And they're like, we'll, we'll go negative if we try to sell this right now. Maybe they only got in six months ago. Um, so it's really yeah. complicated. And I, I actually commend you guys for, for doing this type of work, uh, which segues perfectly into my next question. So I, I think we all know the kind of population that you serve, but I always like to ask it directly. I mean, who is your ideal client? Is it exclusively mold people, or do you still work with a variety of, of different types of individuals? Uh, lately, you know, it's heavily mold, although, you know, I just came from more of, you know, first an acupuncture background and then kind of women's hormones um, and then to more like gut and detox. So I think we still have some clients who come and just like run a GI map with us or have a case review, uh, but yeah, we're definitely getting more and more into the mold for sure <laughs> um <laughs> yeah 
All right, so if I'm at the end of my line and uh, you know I've worked with a bunch of practitioners, I've recognized probably that mold is a factor here. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm ready to just talk to Bridget and her team. I'm, I'm ready to do something here. Uh, what would that look like? Like, am I gonna be, how, how long do people work with you on average? I think it's always helpful for people to get some type of perspective because you know there's still 20 people actively watching this right now while we're doing it. So I'm guessing someone out there is probably suffering and they might be wondering, yeah, what does it look like to go work with Bridget? Yeah, you know, our model is a little different in that we're pretty education-based, too. Like, um, well, I have a book on mold um, that just on Amazon, right? So it's really easy to access. We have free books on mold. We have YouTubes on mold. Uh, we have supplement shop and a lot of education on supplements. Uh, you can do a lab review with us if you've already run labs. You can just talk to us. You can run a new lab with us. So it's, it's a little more a la carte than... Uh, some practices, I find it works pretty well for chronic illness folks because they have often, you know, done a chunk of work already and then maybe they want to add our piece or they're already working with so-and-so, but they want to also talk to us. Like I found out that's sort of how, how it is. Um, so it's, it's kind of working for us and working for them. It's like pretty flexible. You can kind of get in where you fit in with us. Cool. Um, if you guys have any last second questions, feel free to throw them on because technically I, I can steal 20 more minutes of Bridget's time if we need to. <laughs> um, otherwise, I'll kind of organically wrap it up here. Other than the obvious of Instagram, is there any place that you'd like to shout out uh, where people can find you? Yeah, so we also have this mold summit starting um, in about a month and it's free. And there's like, let me see, there's like 35 experts. Wow. So they're in our Yeah. Uh, it's like mold inspection all the way to like making your new non-toxic home. So the whole process. Uh, so yeah, it's totally free to join. Uh, the, the, I don't know if you have a link handy, but I can put one in the, I can put your link in the comments later. It's in my Instagram bio, uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, I'd love to invite people onto that and, and, you know, just pick out a few talks you want to listen to. Excellent. Thank you so much. That's so cool. I'm actually very excited to, I'm not normally a summit guy, but I like this. I think it's important and I need to know about it. And if for nothing, if for no other reason than just selfish ones for the business, um, but also day with clients, we need to know what's going on. And I like to have an extra tool in my tool belt, especially if this is going to be or is already affecting so many people. Now, the final question I, I'd like to ask you today, and again, it's normally like how I kind of set up these podcasts. I typically ask if I could give the person a magic wand what would they get everyone to do for their health? I think I'm gonna just edit it a little bit today and say if I could give you a magic wand and you could do like one thing for every mold sufferer out there or you could get them to do one thing. I, I don't know if this is too simple, but like what is the one thing you might get them to do? I get them to move. That's what I get them to do. Yeah, that's, I get oh. them to move, move out of their house. Yeah, I mean that's like, again, like often the hardest one. Um, uh, but sometimes people ask me that tip, like, you know, what, what, what's like my, actually one of my tips for recovering from mold or whatever, is just like everyday movement and outdoors. Like, I think they're incredibly healing. Some people who go through mold actually go live on BLM land, uh, like free camping and they'll just live for like six months, like out of a tent and just no, you know, really minimizing their exposure, really simplifying their life. And people heal that way. So, you know, if you're not going to that extreme, you can still get outside a lot more. You can still, you know, move more. 
and sort of like let nature heal you basically so this conversation get really complicated around detox and there are just some fundamental things like you asked like things you know things really can improve with a lot of the basics excellent and i mean like gosh i think do it i did a uh, 60 days of camping in the pandemic because i've always I, well, I did it for the circadian rhythm benefits but i always had wanted to do it and i'm like okay well this is better uh, as good a time as ever right i'm never going to be able to do this probably again and i mean the 60 days i was already pretty healthy i was in a good spot i've been doing this for years you can't you you can't beat mother nature i don't think you can out supplement her i don't think you can out lab tester. <laughs> um, most people can't live that way unfortunately in today's world but if you get any chance to do that or you can maybe even just change your family vacation every year from instead of a week down the shore uh which probably has a ton of mold in that house you know you can do a week <laughs> like literally all camping together I, I think that makes a world of difference um someone did sneak in with a last second question so thank you very much for this they said have you seen women recover their hormones after mold exposure 100%. yeah you know my periods are better now at 48 than they were at 35 <laughs> because yeah, yeah, 100%. So yeah, there's a lot of hope. It does take some time. Even like pretty serious brain, you know, degradation can like repair. So it's just, just the, like sticking with it. You know, the one thing, and it's a great question, I'll leave this person with, because I, I totally believe that that's true. The body has an innate healing ability, and that's not hippie woo-woo. I, I just got a paper cut the other day on my body. I didn't have to tell it to heal, and this scab's almost completely done. Right now, it's like the last little bit. And I guarantee two days from now when I wake up, I will not even be able to see that a paper cut was there. It is that same innate healing ability that heals the paper cut, that heals your brain, that heals the hormones, whatever. I just think that the difference is the paper cut, it was easy to find the stressor, right? Okay, Evan, don't, you know, rub sharp paper across, like the sharp edge of the paper across your skin again, and you won't get the paper cut, easy. When we're talking about the hormones of the brain, and then something as complicated as mold or all the other things we have to deal with in today's world, there's just a lot of uh, little hurdles to overcome that are preventing ability. So I don't want to oversimplify it. It's more complex than that, but that, that's really it, guys. Just remember, it's not some hippie stuff to say that the body can heal. You already know that it can. It does it all the time. Every time you've gotten a cut, um, really, we're, we're activating that same thing. We're just digging through all the stuff that we have to to get there. Sometimes it's mold. Sometimes it's something else. And um, for some people, it's a combination of a lot of things. But we've heard incredible healing stories in the world of FDN, and I mean. You've seen it yourself too, Bridget. It's just, it's awesome what people can do. Um, someone says that, oh, she yeah. said that's great news to hear. <laughs> for periods. <laughs> yeah. <Awesome. laughs> yeah, for periods, fertility. You know, the one thing I'll say is like, do take this seriously because you can develop things like cancers from mold. So just don't sit on it. And I'll say I'll move in five or 10 years, right? Because that, that takes that time to develop. You know, those are some of the things that can be irre irreversible. Yeah potentially. Um, but yeah, if you, you know, if you're in a stage where you, you know, you're just having symptoms, and you know, you have mold, yeah, you can definitely turn it around. So that's awesome. Excellent. Bridget, thank you so much for coming on today. And you've I've genuinely sparked my interest in this topic. So uh, I'll, I'll probably hop on that summit and awesome. end up buying cool thank stuff you. that I didn't need, but I'm going to choose to do it. <laughs> You know what we're going to do? I'm going to announce to you. It's like informal. We're actually going to do a practitioner course too, about just about mold. So. Oh, so, wow. That, that's my man. Um, make sure you message us when that's out because I'd love to get you back on the podcast. Our practitioners, I feel like would love that. Yeah. Yeah.
that. I'm really excited because, yeah, we all have, like, my weak points are, like, mine and EMF. We all have, like, weak points, right? So, you know, if we can kind of plug that for people and they can, you know, be on the front lines of, like, identifying it, that's fantastic. Cool. So thanks for having me. Yeah, if you guys just tuned in a second ago, um, we're talking about mold today. You can go back to our pages and you will be able to see this. Just give it a few minutes to get shared and uh, then you can rewatch what we did. So thanks again. Bye, everybody. Thanks for your time.